Hello, and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to liveaboard cruising. Hello from the beautiful Gocek area of Turkey. This place is amazing. It's um, crystal clear water. They call it the turquoise um, coast, I guess, of Turkey. We got here as quick as we could, um, running away from the Meltemi, which we talked about on the last episode. And it does not disappoint. This is like a huge bay where you, a lot of people stern tie, most people stern tie into various areas. And um, because the water's pretty deep. And boats come by and offer services. So large boats from grocery stores to crepe bakery people. Mussels, fish, vegetables. Yeah, coffee. uh, Even to pay um, for your black water. Yeah, they'll come to you. And then you can get a pump out. I think you can also get diesel, like have someone deliver. Because where we are is only accessible by boat. So it's the coolest thing. It's sort of, it's it's a different experience altogether because all of the services come to you in boats. Yeah, Yeah. there's only one road that we know of um, that comes here. And so it's kind of a, it's kind of like a, a lagoon. Oh, there's a boat coming Carrying in a little bay, um, the it's kind of a huge lagoon type shape. It's kind of protected mm-hmm. all around, and um, and then so it's kind of inland a little bit. Um, so we don't get except today we're going to get a little bit of like uh, wind from the Meltemi that is in the agency, but uh, I don't think it'll be that bad here. Yeah. Um, but it's beautiful, right? Yeah, it's like kind it's, of a city on water. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. so you have all the services mm-hmm. could that come to you. Mm-hmm. So we had our own little um, inlet here literally until this moment where a boat pulled in just as we tur- hit the record button. Mm. So you might hear the windlass in the background uh, as well as the, the, the bugs in the background. We have those and we have wasps again. So that's been a good experience. But I that's not that. what we're here to talk about. What we want to talk about is we've gotten multiple requests for people talking about what kind of boat options they should put on their boats. And um, we wanted to do a, say, year in review based on our current experience and how we sail. Two cruising seasons. Two cruising seasons. Ongoing. Yeah. uh, um, About the options, the ones that we definitely couldn't live without the ones that we were kind of like hmm maybe we should have would have made a different decision uh and kind of go over each each of the major you know things that you consider um energy rigging water stuff like that and and that's for us and our cruising lifestyle and yeah exactly a couple on board yeah i mean that that's the setup i wanted to do is you know we prefer more rural anchorages we avoid marinas um, you know, we, we don't barbecue much because we have our, you know, our mostly plant-based diet. Um, so there's things that only apply to us that would be different for other people. We don't, we don't have a ton of people who come to the boat all the time. So it's just Stefan and I. And so you have to take all these things that we're saying, you know, in that context. And if you're like us, then that's great. Might might work for you. If if you you know sail differently, um, you know, you can just take it for what it is. So what do you want to start with, Stefan? You want to start with energy? Uh, yeah, I think energy is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, where we where we sail, and during the season we sail, there has been. A, Plenty of sun, mm-hmm. so definitely essential, critical to maximize the solar, and um, and the best position is really like at the back of the boat. I mean, you can add them on the coach roof, but you know you're going to have issues where it's some solar panels. Are it's going gonna to get be blocked covered. by the boom, yeah. So 
But then we have um, so five solar panels. Each one has its own MPPT controller. Um, maybe we could create zones and maybe like two, one, and two or something. We didn't maybe need five uh, MPPT controllers, but that's what we have. Um, so that's definitely key. Yeah. We literally never worry about power. Yeah. So don't get like the stupid solar option provided by the boat <laughs> you manufacturer. You feel kind of strong about this. Yeah. We, I mean, some people Always like it. Always look at more solar is I yeah, think what he's trying to say. Some people like it because obviously it's integrated in the boat and so it doesn't change the look of the boat. We prefer like... And you're talking about our specific boat. Like what... I think, yeah, yeah. Okay. or or probably like other manufacturers do the same, you know, but they have limited solar. Like it comes out of the factory with like two panels or maybe three panels. Yeah, it's but, a little bit more, but it's yeah. like, I forgot, four or five hundred watts maybe, I don't remember. So how many watts know. do we have? We have uh, almost 2,000, right, 1950. Exactly. So... Um, yeah, definitely. So we have a frame that was added, so it adds weight for sure. It adds weight with the solar panels, but it's just something we don't have to One worry about. One less thing about. to worry about. Yeah. And we also uh, have AGM batteries. Um, and if you've been following us, you know that we started out wanting to get lithium and we went down that whole rabbit hole. And we determined, you know, the batteries might be ready you know, this part might be ready, that part might be ready, but the whole system together and the installation didn't come from the factory. We would have had to do it after the fact and then avoided a bunch of stuff in our warranty. And so we didn't want to do it until the factory, at least for a new boat, you know, if you're trying to maximize your warranty, until after the warranty was done, when we felt like we could get a clean installation end to end. So that was the decision that we made, but we did buy extra batteries. Yeah, so you could get an extra battery from the factory, which we got, and then we added one uh, post-factory, so during the commissioning process. So we have six AGM batteries, and I think it's 150 amp-hour batteries each. Mm -hmm. So, and that combination is working great. We basically never look at the energy that much. Uh, well, if we want to make some water, um, we'll talk about the water maker. It's a 12-volt water maker. So we just want to make sure the, the solar panels are providing energy when we run the, the water maker. If we're not motoring. If we're yeah. not, like, motoring, mm -hmm. yeah. So, but, and, you know, at night with the ra radar, the instruments, as long as there is sun the next day, it's yeah, just it's not fine. been a, a problem at all. Um, so... It, it probably it could be an issue if we had uh, to do a passage where it was overcast and it was like maybe three, four days or something. Yeah, but we would run the motor, right? Then, then yeah. we would have to run yeah. the motor. But I would say for the day-to-day, -day, like 99% of the mm -hmm. time, the solar panels provide all the energy we need. Mm -hmm. It's up to the 100, like sometime in the morning, and uh, we can run a water maker on it. And so that's that solves all this problem. So, so yeah. yeah. So it's a dilemma. I mean, um, we, I think we made the right decision um, to just do this because you already pay for four batteries. You already have a system in place. I mean, or pay for five batteries from the manufacturer. Adding a sixth battery, um, initially we thought we would have to switch from the port engine compartment and add the extra battery in the starboard engine compartment. But if you add just uh, six battery and you move the others, there's just space for six batteries. So right. so it's perfect. You maximize. And it might be hard to get, and we've heard this from different um, owners for different manufacturers of boats, that you have to kind of talk them into fitting the batteries because immediately they'll say, oh, it doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Is there another boat coming? What is this? No, it's just in the background. Oh, in the background, sorry. Um, so you can't talk about energy without talking about the generator. And we have sort of this love-hate relationship with the generator. Um, we don't use it that much. We've used it... Which is a big word for hate. <laughs> it we is. We carry it around. Well, we, paid we carry it around. Money. We paid a lot, a lot of money for it. Well, that's the hate 35. part, right? No, how much is it? It, it, it was something like $35,000 or something. Maybe, yeah. It was, it was expensive. Um, and we carry it around, and then we've literally used it solely to power the AC four times this season. Yeah. So we've it, had record heat 
in Greece it was the like highest um, temperatures on record or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was hot, no lie. Like, and when we turned it on, we needed it. Like, it was hot. We needed it to cool off at night. But we ran it for like 30 minutes with the generator. And that was enough to kind of cool everything down. And it stayed pretty much cool uh, for most of the night. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like it would be more comfortable to leave it on all night long. And then you could have like a regular temperature, but you will hear the AC well, you, also going on. So yeah, it's like the a AC is louder than the generator, actually. Yeah, the generator so the is pretty quiet. Pretty we have quiet. a Fisher Panda, yeah. it has its own box and it's pretty quiet. It's in the starboard engine room. We're sleeping on yeah. the port side. So the generator, yeah. We, and, and the water, like it's mm-hmm. this system where the water just like filters to inside. So it's very quiet. Yeah. But obviously the, the ACs uh, are going to make some noise. But so it will be more comfortable to have it through the night. But yeah, literally we used it four or five times and just to cool off the, mm-hmm. the, the cabin and then before going to sleep. And uh, last season we used it when we were in Mallorca for like two weeks. But we were at the marina. Yeah, well, but then that's when you yeah, also you get need really it. Hot. So, so if you do a lot of marina... Well, no, no, sorry. We used not the yeah. generator. We used the, the AC. AC. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's why they're linked. But if you are... I would say if you like to stay in marinas and you plan on staying in a lot of marinas and living aboard, yeah. you should definitely have the ACs. Um, but then, you know, again, that just... Think about the generator because... Um, I don't know. They have portable little AC de- dehumidifier um, units that you can get for a couple hundred bucks, which is a lot different than getting six AC units for how many, however many thousands of dollars we spent on six units, which I, we definitely don't need six units. Like if I had the choice, we would only get the AC units in the master cabin and maybe in the salon. And that's probably it. I think that's... Well, yeah. but we don't have guests all the time either. So. Yeah, and then if we have yeah. guests, they'll be here for a week or two at the most, and you know they can well, suck it up. Well, <laughs> no, or you could yeah. get a little. You could get one of those well, little portable things. If it was really worst case scenario, then you could have the AC running in the salon, and people can it sit would in the cool salon. things down. Uh, yeah. At night, you can sleep outside. You would just need like a mosquito net, but you could sleep in the cockpit. You could sit. Yeah. You know, so if you had like a mosquito net. You would be like perfect outside. Yeah, I mean, it it just depends on where your line is between like luxury living and, and camping. camping yeah. You know, so I think you need to figure out where that line is. For us, though, I don't know. I feel like if we had with the solar we have, even maybe with our current battery setup, it would allow us to have the AC we need only when we need it for the short period of time we need it. And definitely on lithium. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, the uh, ideal case for us will be no generator, as you said, AC in salon and and the master bedroom. And and then just run them a couple hours. And that will be that will be sufficient for what we need. And this way you save on the generator. But, you know, it's a it's a dilemma because right now we're also saying it makes sense to just use the current batteries you have, the current AGM batteries. You add, you know, yeah. um, two, one through the manufacturer, one post-manufacturing. So you have six total. And then we say use that for yeah. while the warranty is still on. So it's not a major project. And the cost um, the cost is very small. Yeah. And then in a couple of years, then you can do a switch to lithium. Prices will go down and... But what do you do in between? Yeah, I guess it's this weird between spot. Um, so what you're hearing is the water hitting the um, the shoreline. We've had some swell come in from a boat in the past. Anyway, um, it gives you the ambiance of yeah. of where we're at. <laughs> Hopefully, it adds to. And that. we were like stunned tie, and we're beautiful. pretty pretty close. Yeah, to, uh, we had like, goats, and we had we 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 had a donkey walk by uh, the last place we were at. Anyway, so we so we spent a lot of time on. Oh, I know. Before we move on, I want to finish my thought. We're in this weird period of time where the manufacturers for new boats are almost committing to lithium. Like it's going to be 
maybe next year or the year after where they're going to act. Most of the manufacturers will offer it as standard, in which case I think everybody would feel good about it because it'd be covered under the warranty. Are you positive next year? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, some manufacturers the trend, are, like Outremere is doing it. Yeah, you they've know? been doing it for years. Yeah. So I think I think once it gets to that level on a new boat, then it'll be kind of worth it for a new boat because it's under warranty. If you are refitting uh, an older boat with lithium, you know, all we're saying is, you know, you probably don't need, obviously, and you wouldn't be getting a generator if you had lithium, and then you can make your decisions on the AC. So we've spent now 10 minutes talking about energy, and it's a really important topic, which is why we want to kind of spend the time on it. But let's move on to electronics. Electronics? Um yeah, I think we're happy with the decisions we've made to add a um, bigger chart plotter. At the helm. At the helm, so that's the 12-inch. And then we put the one that was coming standard, uh, so that was done post-factory. And the one that comes standard in, in the factory is like 10-inch. So we had this one moved to the nav station. And the 12-inch, the bigger one, where you really like spend most of your time at the, at the helm station. Uh, so I think that was we're happy with that. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially with my eyesight, <laughs> it's nice to be able to blow things up. Yeah, I mean it's regardless. Yeah. I think it's uh, bigger is better. Mm -hmm. And then um, the one we use inside, I mean it's more to monitor stuff. So if you're we at anchor, you want to monitor the wind. So sometimes we just kind of leave it on. Or on a passage. Um, yeah, on a passage so the other person can check or you can mm -hmm. uh, go do a coffee and check whatever inside. But uh, at night we leave sometime the chart plotter on with, uh, so it records the wind. And if you wake up during the night, you know what happened the last two hours, what's the trend. So we use it for that. Or if your, your anchor situation is iffy, you can set the anchor drag on the chart plotter and it'll, it'll sound an alarm. But yeah, you but can it's also not very strong. Phone. So yeah. you cannot hear in bed. So, yeah. so it's more like it's a repeater. It's, it's convenient. Um, so because they don't offer mm -hmm. the option to have just one big one. So... Um, and then, and then definitely um, iPad. iPad, we use the iPad with Navionics all the time. Uh, Just to double check against the well, Garmin. You, you need two set of charts. You, you, it's very... Mm -hmm. It's just two two different applications. Uh, it's kind of a, yeah very easy to use, and we have both at the helm. Uh, the one thing that would change is we didn't buy the iPad version that has cellular with it because it was more expensive, and we're like we don't need the cellular. And but the cellular version has a GPS integrated. So in our case, we ended up buying um, a little puck, like it's called the Bad Elf, um, that is a separate GPS. And so through Bluetooth, it, um, it sends the, mm -hmm. the information. So and sometimes Bad Elf is, is naughty. It doesn't always, but I, I don't know I how that works. So Bad Elf works well, but um, last year we never had any problem. It was always working very well. You can use it to connect multiple devices if you needed to, but our phones all have integrated GPSs, so we don't need to. Um, but this year, I think because they've upgraded, uh, updated like the privacy, like what apps monitors your location, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like yeah, it's all the created time. some bugs. Yeah. It's created some issues, and, and now it seems to have resolved itself. Like we've done some stuff or dated some apps and mm -hmm. so we haven't had any problems the last you know couple of months but i would say just to keep it simple mm -hmm. uh, pay the extra money get if, if you want to save some money get an older ipad with cellular mm -hmm. slash gps integrated yeah um and then we have a remote control for the autopilot we like that that was yeah. an extra thing uh, we don't use it all the time but if you're on watch and you we go on top sometimes, but take the iPad with us. And then it's more like if you have stuff in the water, yeah. then you can just remotely like yeah, move, move the boat yeah. and stay in your relaxed position on top. Um, of the fly bridge. Yeah. The fly, yeah. Well, the, the sport top or whatever. The lounge area, yeah. whatever you call it. Um, the Lido deck. But I think it's more essential for if you have downwind sails. Um, we have two people on board. And you need to be, especially the spinnaker, 
because uh, there is uh, more lines. Um, so that allows you to have one person on the bow and one person that is mobile at the back and, uh, and then can control the boat mm -hmm. and change the direction uh, as you set the spinnaker or douse the spinnaker. So that's very useful for that. If somebody were to be incapacitated for some reason, and then you know, then you will have the remote, and you could do certain things that uh, typically are easier to do with two people. So yeah. not essential, but can be useful. Yeah, and there's times I had it around my neck, and then I came down to adjust the line or something, and because of the height and where I was, it it hit the man overboard button, and the boat went around in a circle. <laughs> so mm. you just have to be careful about that. Um, okay, so that's electronics uh, anchoring. Mm-hmm. So we, we like our anchor system. It's a Mantis system. We got the 85-pound, uh, 39-kilo uh, anchor, which may be a bit big-ish on the big-ish side for this boat, but we're happy to carry the weight around for that. Yeah, I think our philosophy has been like, you want to sleep well. Yeah, you want to, definitely. You want to, you know, you, you're going to find yourself in conditions where sometimes it's deep, Sometimes you know, and you're not going to be able to dive. The water is is deep or not clear, or you come later at night, or it's like seaweed. And the last thing you want is just to to yeah. doubt your anchoring system. And yeah. So so we are pretty happy with our anchor. We haven't had any issues. Um, and I think we mentioned before we got an oversized bridle. So, and then, well, we switched from the 12 millimeter to 10 millimeter of chain. Chain. Yeah. So 100 meters. 100 meters. And then, so, to save some weight on the bow. And then, yeah, the bridle, we've upgraded and very happy we've upgraded that this season because the, the whatever, uh, attachment that comes standard uh, fell apart. And I think for everybody, that happened some point yeah. in time. So, don't wait for it. We yeah. got lucky when it happened. Um, uh, it's a little wonky. Uh, you you tend to work with the bridle when we're setting the bridle, and I'm up at the helm, um, just because we, your arms are longer, and sometimes it gets it gets stuck weird in the opening we have. Um, but that's probably a boat specific problem. Yeah, and also we got um, there was the uh, bridle for 40 to 50 foot boat from Mantis, and we got like the one ab above which we probably would have been okay uh with the 40 to 50 but without oh why not but it gets tricky because the um uh, then it's it's the, the eye yeah, yeah on the end of the um you have to have the proper technique to take, in and take out. it in and out of the and uh and also if you anchor in shallower waters then it's pretty long, but it has some advantages. It's when it's long, we don't swing as much and yeah. stuff. So probably um, we wouldn't buy the 40 to 50. So we're happy system. we have the Mantis system. We may have made a different decision on the size of the bridle. Yeah. That's fair to say. Okay. Uh, okay. So that's, that's anchoring. And we are happy we got 100 meters because there are places that are quite deep. And so far in the men, we really haven't. No, we've never put use, out a hundred. Like, oh no, no, yeah. uh, except to test it. But um, I think even here we were like in quite deep waters, and we realized everybody is like seem to be dropping like hundreds of meters. I mean, and, but I think we had like fifty-five, and I think we were fine. So I think probably with less mm -hmm. here in the med, we could have got by. Now you know. Um, well, and we've also not been in a hurricane yet or anything like yes, that. Yes, it would so. be nice to be able to lay out, you know, yeah. 90, 100 meters of chain because, you know, you're going to have a hurricane come, like, or like strong winds, and, you know, then yeah. you're like, you, you'll be fine. But And in some places in the world, you know, that yeah. might be uh, more useful. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, you want to talk about rigging? Uh, rigging and sails, yes. So, one thing that is an option is the cover hook. Um, I think it's like a thousand euros. It's not cheap. Um, I think most owners, uh, the trend is more to go without. People who've had it switched uh, back to a more standard system. Um, we haven't had any problems with it until recently, um, which I need to look more into it. But uh, 
where the, um, if you're familiar with the way the carver hook system is, you have a dynamite loop between the head of the sail and then, and then basically at some point as you raise the main, the, the dynamite loop kind pops of, into the hook. Yeah. So a couple of times recently, it didn't pop in all the way. And so we couldn't bring the sail down because it creates some friction between the main halyard and the dynamo loop. So that's a problem. Mm. Yeah, we were coming out of Didham and we couldn't get it down. So you had to go up the mast. Yeah. and uh, Underway. Underway. And um, so it worked out. It was tricky to try to... Uh, <laughs> take the tension out to be able to get the halyard down. So I would say, I would probably say, yeah, save the money, go to, with a more standard system. Uh, the advantage um, it will uh, offer if you go with a standard system is you, that's a halyard that you can use to hoist a person up the mast. In our case, with a cover hook, you cannot really do that. Um, so for our setup, we, the topping lift, um, we basically um, uh, replaced it with a dedicated topping lift that is attached on top of the mast and to the end of the boom. So that's this one is dedicated and adjustable, uh, just making a knot of different height. And um, but then this way we have uh, the topping lift halyard that now we can use to hoist me all the way up the mast, uh, and also we use it for the uh, gangway. And then we use like one of the spin halyards as a as a backup. But so because we have the cover hook, we have this this added uh, option. If you don't get the cover hook, then um, you can use the main halyard. Then it's a little cheaper and simpler. Um, so I will I will probably do that. Um, the electric winch on the back. Yes, we have a rewind Harkin winch on the port side so that we use that for uh, to raise the dinghy and that's an option uh, through Quentin Peugeot that you can get a winch there and maybe electric winch um, so it's definitely convenient to have an electric winch um, there to hoist the dinghy because you need to do yeah. this often and you want to make it keep it simple and quick um, in this case, the rewind winch uh, can go both ways, can turn clockwise and counterclockwise. And we have little buttons installed. So we have buttons it. next to it here, and we have also buttons at the helm station. That you um, can control from the helm, which is helpful when you're adjusting the spinnaker, right? So yeah. if you're going to use downwind sails uh, and do short-handed sailing, like uh, one person, two people, it's definitely super, super convenient. You set your genaker, for example, and if it's... Uh, on the port side, then you can be at the helm and you can uh, um, uh, kind of uh, the tension the sheet or ease the sheet um, just from the helm station. So that's super practical. It's not cheap, no. um, but I will say if you're short-handed, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's it's worth it. Yeah. The other thing we use the winch for uh, is the sometimes tightening the port stern tie line if we are tying to shore yeah uh if when we need to do that so that's been also handy to use for that so something to consider if you want to have the downwind sails shorthanded get the rewind winch if you are willing to spend the money if not then you just run over there and then, and then try to uh, adjust the sails and i mean the the problem with the downwind sail like jenniker and spinnaker they're very very light and you know uh, if you want to trim them properly, then you make some adjustments. So, mm -hmm. yeah, from the helm all the way to the other corner, there's a little bit of a uh, time to get there. And so, mm -hmm. so let's talk about the symmetrical. Yeah, the downwind sail. So we have a cut zero. Um, we have a jinnaker. We have a symmetrical spinnaker. Um, I would say if you're going to uh, the cell that it will definitely get if you're going to um, want to kind of start with something uh, is definitely the code zero. Uh, it's pretty versatile cell. I mean, ours is called like a flying Genoa, so you can think of it as like kind of a or Genoa, similar material, pretty strong, can sell it in pretty strong winds. Um, uh, much bigger than the Genoa, 
and uh, and we smudged like a deeper shade. It's a shade. huge sale, yeah. So um, it definitely the boat needs that to be powered up if you have the right angle, and it's it's very like versatile. You know, if you're going downwind, uh, you can also use it. You could have a barber hauler on the side to open it up. And if you really were to go like dead downwind, you could have like the Gen 1 one side, the flying Gen 1 slash code zero on the other side. And that's definitely the one cell that I will get. That means you also have to rig that up uh, with some blocks at the back. Um, after that, um, if you're going to weight the symmetrical spinnaker, um, if you're less familiar with flying downwind sails, it's a little more tricky because there is like uh, two lines on each side, the guy and the mm -hmm. sheet. So it's definitely more to handle. Especially uh, shorthanded. Yeah, yeah, it's more to handle. Um, and you need also more blocks and stuff to set that up. So um, if you want to start with something, yeah, start with the code zero, maybe the Jenniker. Yeah, and then um, and then later on, uh, you can always add the symmetrical spinnaker. I mm -hmm. mean, or many people also just go with the uh, Wingacker or the uh, what's the name? Parasailer. Parasailer. Yeah, mm -hmm. we chose not to have a hole in our sails, but so some people get that set up like from the beginning. Uh, it's quite versatile, easy sail to handle for like cruisers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, just a quick note on our anti-fouling. So far, we really like the copper coat. I know there's differences of opinion on whether that's, you know, uh, something for that's right for you, so you can check that out. We also have a um, blog about it on our blog at sailingawen.com if you want to read in more detail. But uh, so far, so good. We have yeah, no, really like it. I mean, the product... I think the conclusion is the product is good. Mm -hmm. It's all about the installation, yeah. the process, and uh, it's definitely. We tricky. may have even done a podcast on it, actually, so yeah. you can look for that too. Yeah. yeah. So you need the right conditions, yeah. temperature-wise, humidity-wise, like yeah. you know, no rain. And Uchimata in Naoshell did a great job. Um, I think it's what's tricky is you really need to wait for the right time and the right window if you get it installed properly it's awesome so yes. that's kind of what we have to say about that so let's talk a little bit about the winds picking up here but um let's talk a little bit about the comfort stuff and i can talk more about you know the galley um so but let's start with the water maker and the water filter the seagull system we have so the water maker you mentioned before it's a 12 volt What's the capacity again? 105 liters per hour. Yeah. So the factory was only offering 65 liters per hour. Um, we chose to install the the same model, but the 105 liter per hour uh, post factory. Uh, we're very happy with that. Uh, 12 volt because it's simple. Like you don't need yeah. to uh, to run a generator. We have like we talked about. We have plenty of solar to to help with that. Um, and then 105 liters per hour. If, if you're on a long passage, you know you don't care, like you know. But a lot of the time, it's you go from point A to point B, and if you want to try to make the water, maybe a few hours or an hour or something. Yeah, yeah. and you know, it's it's in some places you might not want to run the water maker because you're close to like a marina and there might yeah. be oil in the water or you don't know. So, so it's. Um, it's nice whenever you can run the water water maker to just know that you run it as like 105 liters per hour, and it seems when you look at it, it's like not going fast enough. Yeah, so it, it's kind of the same philosophy as with the solar panels. You know, more is better, and so with the water maker, we felt like more capacity was better, and we definitely use it. So it's nice to not worry too much about water. We did install a water filter under the sink, a seagull, which I mentioned before. Um, it was funny because when I when I was talking to my dealer about adding it, he's like, "Well, people just you're, you're just drink the water that you know goes through your water maker and stores in the tanks." And I'm like, "But at home, you know, we we don't just drink the water out of the tap because it's in, you know, it it, it comes out of the tap at our house. Like we do go through a filtration system." And well, I mean, and the water from the tap. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. We have the option to add. Yeah. So I was like, just add it. You know, it. let's just add it. It's just an extra thing. 
But I have to say, the last time we changed the water maker filter, I was horrified. Like, it was really dirty. And maybe we let it go a little bit longer than we should have before we changed it. But it made me feel better drinking the, the water that went through kind of a second stage of filtration um, under the sink. So I don't know what you think yeah, about I mean, that. It's more mental maybe than it. I mean, we'll have to get a water test to kind of see, but. Yeah, the water filter from the water maker, I mean, it's salt water that is sitting in this container. So, yeah. of course, over time when hot temperature, I mean, the filter is going to, there's yeah. going to be some growth. But it's, it's pre you know, passing through the water maker. So yeah. I think it's fine. Obviously, you need to change it uh, regularly. I mean, you're looking at this clear water. It's so beautiful and stuff. And then you take the water maker filter out and it's just it's just nasty. So anyway, that just mentally makes me feel better. Um, the other thing just to bring up around comfort and living, I guess, is um, the shades um, and the cockpit tent. The shades on the for the bow windows... And then the cockpit tent um, that we had made, we talked about that in a previous episode as well, where uh, we had it custom made with both the textiline shades and the plastic in panels that you can zip on and off and not have to remove them to use, like you could use the plastic and then unzip the textiline and roll up the textiline. So you don't have to like swap the panels, which means you have to store the panels somewhere. Um, so that's been... A, we really, really like it right now. It's just all open because it's been hot. You don't want those any of the panels up. Right. Um, well, we still have the, the textiline. Yeah, the shade the, for sure. Yeah. Um, the the do over I think I would have is um, I didn't get the curtains on the inside. They they come standard in the cabins, um, but I didn't get them put in the salon because I was like, well, we have the shades. What do we need the curtains for? And I definitely think you need the curtains for just heat control. Um, it can get, when the sun is pounding down and it's too windy to put up the, the uh, bow tent, the bow cover, which we'll talk about, um, you definitely need, like right now I have um, towels uh, with clothespins hooked to the inside shades to keep the, the sun from beating in on, on the salon. So um, that would be kind of a do-over. Uh, I think the other thing around that is um, screens. So the boat comes with screens on most of the windows, but not all of the windows. So any of the hatches that are on the side of the boat, um, those those don't come with. And we're like, okay, we'll just buy them after the fact. You, they sell them at any chandlery, and you just they kind of unfold and you pop them out and I've lost all of them. They've fallen out or blown off. So I've had to make my own on the sides. And then the two window, the two hatches on the bow, one is to our um, bathroom and the other one is to the storage locker in the, in the front on the starboard side. Those don't come. They did never came with with screens and i don't know why because all of the other hatches have screens so neither the um, hatches in the salon have big right hatches. two big hatches they're big openings with the salon so i've made some some screens i've had some screens installed uh and like in, in the in the front i had someone make those after the fact um to blend in nice and have certain um and then we've and then the sliding door here between the salon and cockpit, uh, because of the bugs, uh, we had some additional screens made, but it's sort of like this, it's kind of a textiling material, so I'm not sure I'm completely happy with them. I'm, I'm happy with the privacy. I'm happy when we leave the boat, we can put them down and nobody can see inside. Um, but the airflow isn't as much as I would say a regular screen, so that may not be a long-term solution. But um, the bugs are bad, and we're in the med, and we're not even in, like, the jungle yet, you know? And so I can't imagine what jungle. it would be like, you know, in in Belize or something, you know, like this, where you have a lot more mosquitoes, and you can't stand mosquitoes. Our, our, our <laughs> bedroom downstairs looks like a... I don't know. It's, no, it does. It's like a war zone but in there. There's like splattered bug juice all because over. Because you always the wall. say there are no mosquitoes, <laughs> so I, I need to leave the the dead mosquitoes. <laughs> the dead mosquitoes, so I, so so to prove that there are mosquitoes, because I because they never really bite me. They always bite you. 
Um, anyway, so that's with screens. Definitely make sure you have those. Um, I don't know that I would install the washer dryer. Um, and I, I know it seems really hard to think about living without a washing machine if you live aboard. And I'm sure people have different opinions on this, but it's hot and we don't wear that many clothes. And so it, they're easy to wash by hand and then you put them out and they dry almost instantly. So, you know, with swim trunks or maybe a little shirt, it's all, you know, you end up wearing um, linen or dry fit material or polyester things that dry really quickly and wash really quickly anyway, because... 100% cotton, anything is just too hot. So everything dries really fast and you can just do things much more efficiently, number one. Number two, everywhere we've been, there's been a laundry service. Yeah. So um, we just take, we put, you know, like our sheets and towels and all that stuff when we get to a big town and we drop it off and it's like done that day or the next morning. And it's totally worth it and it's fine. It's been, it's been great. Uh, in a pinch, we have a big bucket, a big, huge tub, I guess, that we fill with water. And I just get in there and, and um, stomp around like I'm making wine from grapes. And, you know, it's all kind of done if we had to do that. So I don't know. That's a, another kind of lever you have to look at from luxury living to camping. Like, where are you in that? I just I don't know if it's worth the weight and the energy it takes to run it. If you live aboard and you're at a marina and you're using the electricity, um, you know, maybe it's fine. But again, you can just drop it off. So, you know, I'm not sure. Plus, yeah. these, these like really run for a long time and they consume a lot of water where I feel like I could be more efficient with the water just washing something by hand. So I don't mm -hmm. know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing swim trunks every day, so... Yeah. There's <laughs> not much to wash. Yeah. Now, if you leave aboard during the winter, winter season um, and you're going to wear, to wear, like, warmer, like, uh, pants, clothes, whatever, like... Uh, um, yeah, yeah, I mean... But you still have the laundry service, so anyway, still, that's... Yeah. Because the problem and the dilemma is really the, the towels and the sheets. I mean, you can do it in this washing machine, but because it takes a long time and it's like you're going to do many loads, it's not like, you know, the U.S. Yeah. size. Yeah, and in, in the summer, the towels and everything would dry quickly. In the winter, they wouldn't dry quickly at all. So no. I think, you know, you're, you're kind of committed to the laundromat system if you don't have it in the wintertime. Um, so that kind of depends on that. Um, the other things that are kind of, um, I'm not using at all. I'm not using the oven at all. I think I used it one time and it was to like make brownies and also heat up the inside because we were in Montenegro and it was some cold. Pizza, I, mean. I, I made some pizzas another time. Okay. So I've used it twice, literally since we've had it. I can't express how hot it can get in there. Um, sometimes if you don't have, you know, airflow and, I have no interest in cooking anything in an oven. So I think that, um, you know, I would either completely take it out and not use it, or I would want to get a um, an oven-microwave combo, like a convection microwave combo, which we kind of have. We bought aftermarket a little tiny microwave to just heat things up, and it does toast and stuff too. So um, I don't know. Like, I think that's kind of fine for two people. Uh, hmm. I mean, I'd rather have the storage space or, you know, something. So the oven is not something. Now, that comes standard on new boats. It's not like you can you can not order it, but you can have it taken out. And then I guess you could sell it to somebody. But um, I, I just wouldn't use the oven. Um, we also had an extra fridge put in the cockpit uh, for drinks. We have it off now, and we're not using it because everything, uh, we have 190 liters, right, for our... 130. 130 for our um, fridge. fridge. They're like two, two drawers. drawers. And then we have a 90 liter freezer. I think it's bigger than 130. I think it's 190. I don't know. We'll have to look it up. Oh, but, it comes, but it was a lot. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe 160. Yeah, yeah and, and the drawers. And then 90 for the freezer. That's right. And so for the two of us, it's fine. Um, and, you know, we eat a lot of beans, we eat a lot of produce, um, that, that kind of thing. So all of the capacity for that, the storage for the rest of the food is all fine. Um, so times when it's come in handy is when we have a lot of people, 
where we you know store want to store cold drinks or um, you know if you need to store a watermelon which we've done too and I really enjoy watermelons so actually I would love to have another one on board um, but other than that I don't know if it's necessary it just depends I guess on how many people you need how, how many people you have on board yeah and I mean also we don't drink cold like we drink we drink water temperature water but well, we have ice cube we have a we have ice cubes so we have a we didn't get an ice machine installed we bought an aftermarket ice machine which works totally fine and is fast and i just freeze the ice cubes and in, in the freezer and so we can use that if we need to i guess yeah if you like beers and stuff and you entertain a lot yeah then, it'd be worth yeah. it but not otherwise um and then yeah so i think i've mentioned everything on the comfort the and living plancha. anything else oh yeah so we got a plancha it doesn't work right um, so I'm, I'm dealing with that with the dealer right now. Uh, I think they installed the wrong um, connectors or fittings somehow so it doesn't get enough gas to it. Um, we got the plancha option. We don't barbecue because we don't eat meat, but we wanted the ability to make fish <clears throat> or do something on the plancha, you know, if we had guests. And also just for like pancakes or something like that. But we don't, I, you know... Even though it's not working, would I use it? I don't know. I've got a, um, I've got an electric, uh, what do you call this? Like a, well, it's a crepe maker is what it is. It's like a f electric pan, um, sort of. And I use that every day, almost twice a day, and that works just fine. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think we're looking forward, you know, to at some point upgrading to a. Um, a different stovetop. So right now we have the the gas stovetop, but at some point when we do well, a conversion, we yeah, that will be as part of like installing lithium, switching to uh, uh, you know the uh, induction, the induction, yeah. removing propane, like, mm -hmm. and then um, so, but that will be as part of it. Not great. Yeah, I mean, again, it depends how you cook. I cook right now with this hot plate and my instant pot. Um, those are the two things I use mostly because like we eat a lot of plant-based, a lot of beans. We, I make Thai food and curries and um, the version of kind of chili and, and, you know, stews and things like that because they're easy to make a lot of. And then I can store them in the freezer and then I don't have to cook that much. I don't have to worry about that so much every single day. Um, so that's how I cook. But... Um, you know, again, even when I try to do something different, like a stir fry, uh, you know, separately or something like that on the stove, it's just so hot. I just don't even want the heat in the, in the salon. So I guess it depends how you cook. The TV? TV, yeah. I think, um, so the standard one is like 32-inch maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, initially we had bought a bigger TV. To um, have, Yeah and a better quality TV and we wanted to swap this one and put this one into our um, into the master bedroom um, and that got stolen when our boat yeah. got broken into so that solved that problem we didn't buy another <laughs> one which was good um, but this size TV is fine like it's it's I mean do we need a TV no we don't use it that much I mean we've used we it. watched a movie for the first time night before last we hadn't watched a movie back in, in Croatia I mean it's been a couple months and yeah and when we started to watch because I haven't watched Game of Game Thrones, of Thrones yeah. yeah so so, but that was it. And so I would say definitely don't, don't worry about TVs. upgrading the TV. Well, it depends on, you know, your TV watching. So we, we just, yeah, we were even going to put one down in the main cabin. And it's like, why? Why? You know, we just, we, we just don't live that way, I guess. So um, mm. it's not been something. And the TV is plenty big for two people in the salon watching the TV. Uh, the comfort on the couch is a different topic for a different podcast. Yeah. The only thing that was fun is we have uh, an antenna so you can uh, when there was the um, uh, soccer soccer yeah. games yeah I could watch those like some somewhere from remote places um, so that was that was fun but well, it's was not so much about not having a TV it's about thinking you need to get a bigger TV I guess is what we're yeah talking I mean, about. in general yeah we, we don't use it yeah okay and then our last topic is really about other things that we 
realized we couldn't live without. Um, so this doesn't so much have to do with options. It just has to do with surprising things that we realize we actually use quite a bit of. So um, I'll start with the ones we can't live without. Um, so the stand-up paddleboard has been something we couldn't live without. We've had trouble all season keeping air in the thing because we crashed it against the rocks in Croatia and never quite recovered from getting them fixed. How many times have you tried to replace the patches now? Eh, I'm not counting anymore. Four or five. It's, yeah, so... Yeah, but we're making progress, yeah. but... <laughs> little yeah. by little. Um, yeah. So that it's super useful for when you have, like, to go, you know, around yeah. the anchorage, meet other people, but it's also... Stern lines, uh, Like yeah. for the, yeah, we don't use the dinghy because there are rocks and stuff, so... Rather. Is it easier to use the SUP for you or just to swim with the line? Um, just to swim is as easy yeah. and then um yeah it's 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 fine yeah it's it's definitely maybe like faster and you're a little bit more mobile uh but yeah. but there are times we've been anchored and it, it it's like too far to swim or you don't or you're going to dinner and you don't get wet obviously um but not far enough to like go through the whole hassle of getting the dinghy down so yeah. it's nice to nice to just like go to shore with the with the stand up paddleboard you know or you want to go on a hike and you don't really want to there's no place to put the dinghy um so yeah also the bikes have been good um you know the reason first of all anywhere we've been you can rent bikes so most places you go if, if there's good bike tours to be had, you can rent a bike or an electric bike. Where they've come in handy... Is, or scooters. Or, or Depending if they're heels and stuff, then they might rent more mo scooters. He means motor scooters, like... My, mopeds. Mopeds, yeah. <laughs> and so you could do that, and we've done that a lot. So, But with the folding bikes we have, what we've also experienced is where you want to go, you may change your mind at the last minute because of the direction of the wind or you don't want to enter a busy marina so you want to anchor somewhere else on the island or, or somewhere and where you end up anchoring is um, you know too far to walk and you may not want to like it's not like cabs are going by every five seconds and in some places uber doesn't work at all so um, and you want to get exercise and stuff so we found ourselves on a few bike rides we've really enjoyed and we're sometimes yeah, I a would little say, bit more rigorous than we would like, but um, I, I would say it's convenient. You probably can do without if you plan to leave a board um, like year-round, and it might be good to have either yeah. those like scooters or like as long as the roads are good, the bikes are definitely allows you to carry bigger stuff, longer distances. Mm -hmm more different types of roads so they are definitely uh, uh, better for that and I would say if you stay like close to a bigger city or like you know that's the where more you distances. have a lot more yeah. to cover yeah worst case uh, I mean yeah I mean I would say you that's, can take buses you can you take know, buses you can, grab you can a take cab. the dinghy go around yeah. the island if you wanted to but we've enjoyed like, it and we found ourselves even on back roads you know before by yeah. accident we're like Not oh I guess I guess we're like but in some cases it's good yeah um, another one on my list that is an absolute, I just love my pressure washer. Um, because we have we, the ability to make more water, I can actually rinse the boat off um, with Watermaker water at anchor. I love the pressure washer. It's like the best thing ever. When the boat is clean, and the boat gets really, really salty, and um, the salt starts corrosion on all of the stainless steel which i hate polishing and um just the ability to rinse off the boat even not just wash it with soap but just to rinse it off is just amazing i think that has been huge yeah and we use about 10 to 15 percent of, of the water tank so a when water we use tank, the pressure washer yeah, yeah a water tank is about uh it's 700 liters i think mm -hmm. so 10 15 percent that's kind of what we use and then uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, it's good it's practical i think the thing that we probably put in that we're still like not sure we should have done is the compressor the air compressor um 
Well, and we're in the med, right? So there's no real diving in the med, or if there is, it's on, it's in wrecks. Um, yeah, but it's not much fish. There's not, not much, much like the, the yeah. bottom. It's like, kind of sad. It, it's pretty dead. Yeah. So yeah. here's our logic: is if we're gonna, plus we're, you know, we're certified scuba divers, but we're not experts. We're not even intermediate. I would still call us beginner beginner scuba divers. Anywhere we would go, we would get a a, a guide. Uh, a diving um, instructor to come with us. So if he's going to come, like he could just bring tanks or she. And so I feel like maybe we don't need them um, on board and it's heavy, right? It's another heavy thing we have. And then let's say we become more expert scuba divers some, some places. Having a guide is still good because they can show us where to go. So I don't know. We're well, kind where of, to go, but also once you're in a dive area like what to look for because mm -hmm. you know they're they dive yeah, exactly. there regularly yeah, exactly. and they show you like oh this little thing so yeah it's it's i guess the intent we did it at the time in la rochelle because uh, all the diving equipment including the the compressor was like uh vat free so we thought oh let's take advantage of that um for the boat and transit yeah yeah now i would say it's not for the med, especially also if you're starting with the boat, there's so many other things mm -hmm. to think about, worry about, or mm -hmm. do. You can probably wait maybe until right. you're in the Caribbean or something. Um, the now, the hookah, I think, is useful to have, but you don't need the compress compressor for that. You can just have a tank, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, you will need to get it filled right. at, um, so. at some place, but there are like dive centers in yeah. many places. So. So you could have like one small tank and if you had some lines, you know, stuck below the boat and, you know, you need to dive and just for a short dive like this or to clean the boat or, you know, it might be good to have this as an emergency. But, you know, do you need um, a full compressor unless you are like, you know, uh, is your hobby. Yeah. Uh, or if you're like a master diver and you do it all the time. and Or, yeah. or like you're in places yeah. like in French yeah. Polynesia or something yeah. and then you want to be able to dive anytime from yeah. the back of your boat. Uh, but in the med, um, yeah, yeah, so far not limited. so much. Um, and then finally, the, the biggest thing we think we couldn't live without and I never knew it was the bow cover the, for the, the tent in the front. It just cools down the boat it, it creates wind flow um you set it up we tent it and it's great i love it and i never knew that i loved would love it so. yeah when it's hot i mean you're stuck to basically the cockpit um because it's still some airflow and you're in the shade uh, inside in the salon it's okay but it's it's hotter so suddenly when you add the bow cover you have it cools that whole, yeah. well, first that becomes the best <laughs> section. We just lounge be, up there. Yeah, yeah it's you great. lounge there, you get the airflow, and, and then, uh, yeah, that becomes the, the primary spot. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, and finally, our last thing to cover just quickly um, before we close is the dinghy. So we have an OC tender. We love having a hard shell dinghy because um, of the issues. One thing less to worry one about. One thing less to worry about and all the issues we've had with the stand-up paddleboard. So that's fine. Um, but what would we do differently? Um, we have the 3.5 meters. Um, I mean, we were told it's big, but we had never seen one. And we thought we have the space and why not, you know, get a bigger one. Uh, it fits so when, fine in the davits. It fits a ton of people. Yeah. Yeah. And if we have to carry in some places in the world, like jerry cans of like diesel, because there is no like way to, uh, you know, you, that's the way you, you get them. Then, you know, if you dive and you can put all the equipment. Mm -hmm. So it's a very roomy, very, it's very, deep, big. it's very deep. It's very, there's a lot of space. I would say to get the 3.3 meters, the one below that mm -hmm. will be plenty. Yeah. Um, for the few occasions where you might need to do a second trip because, you know, <laughs> instead of one, it's really no big deal. So I would say I will get the 3.3 meters and then we have the 15 horsepower. 
um, I would say I will get like the 10 horsepower, which yeah. was basically the recommendation from OC Tender to say. Yeah, we, we went yeah. bigger than they recommended. So I guess what we're saying is we would have taken their advice. Yes. <laughs> and we see people with these teeny tiny little puny dinghies with like six people shoved inside and it looks ridiculous, but they do it. And they also just in case you want an inflatable and they just go back and forth and make trips. Yeah. So it, it again, it just depends on how you want to use it. And, um, and how you're going to use it. If you, yeah. the two of you, like 95 plus percent of the time, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, it's practical for the bikes, but even the 3.3 meter will be like, you know. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for the bikes, we probably wouldn't need, you know, a bigger dinghy. We could go with one of those little puny ones. But, you know, we like we like having the hard shell. We like... Uh, we love a lot of things about the OC tenders, so so that's good. A lot of people also like the center console idea on their dinghy. Mm. Uh, I just it's more weight. I don't know if it's necessary. More I'm complexity. More complexity. I'm heavier, getting used yeah. to using the tiller um, on the on the outboard. So you know, there's also argument to be made simple for yeah, driving is better. Like a car. Keep that in mind. Yeah, simple is better. So. That's kind of it. Any other closing thoughts on do-overs or no. things you love? If or? people have questions on things we haven't covered, we can yeah. give our opinion or dive deeper. Yeah, exactly. On some topics. So any topics that we didn't cover that you want to hear covered, um, you can email us at sailingowen at gmail.com or um, check out our blog. It's at uh, sailingowen.com. Fair winds for now. Bon vent. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Oh, 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 oh.